Ready? You making fun of me now? Yeah. Is that how I sound? You do this. You put your hands on your hips. You go, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Episode number <laughs> do, I, do I do that? I put my hands <laughs> on my hips? You're doing <laughs> I just show to show you. But I mean, I mean business. You're ready. You know, I'm ready to go. Class, pay attention. Class is in session. This guy uh, thinks he's a would teacher. I, would I talk? I don't talk like that. Would you? No, I'd, I'd be never. a little embarrassed if you were my teacher. I'm, I felt embarrassed just talking like that right there. <laughs> Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode number 15 of the Battle of Ontario podcast. I am your host, David Celebre, as always, alongside my co-host, Alicia Scodelaire. And we thank you very much for joining us. Episode 15. Already? 15? 15. We made it this far oh and we're still going strong. Thanks to everyone who's been listening to us over the past month and a bit or a couple of months. Uh, we're going to jump right into it. Um, there's a lot that's going on in the NHL, what with COVID and trade deadline. We'll get into that quickly, but I want to just bring it up before it gets forgotten about, uh, the whole McDavid situation where he was fined for his pretty high hit on cock and Yemi in that game versus Montreal. That was ridiculous. That That was was not, that was out of character for McDavid. Say what you want about what he was going through in that game. My whole thing with this hit, there's no excuse for it. We're trying to get that out of the game. You're trying to get the headshots out of the game. Perfect opportunity for the, for the NHL to lead by example in terms of no matter who you are, no matter how much money you make, no matter how good you play, if you if you do plays like that or if you create plays like that, you will be punished. I don't care if that was his first time. He was the first offender. He got the fine. I'm sorry. He should have got a game suspension i would have given him a game um i mean he went in there recklessly he was upset clearly you could see it so um whether he tried to hurt him or, or just send the message what what have you he could have concussed him he could have severely hurt him um his emotions got the best of and him and that's essentially no the, excuse though sorry exactly. should have been a game player safety needs to wake up yeah and that's and that's the thing this gray area of player safety or you know the intent to injure and all that junk or same whatever thing with mckinnon yeah mckinnon too Next i mean night. he threw a helmet at the guy that's very dangerous as hilarious as it looked that's still Someone very can dangerous get hurt. and you can't do that and if that happened to a fourth line player the nhl will throw the book at the guy so the nhl really needs to wake up with their handling of these situations no matter what no matter what, who is doing it, I should say, um, it should be governed as such that if it is a violent act or something that could hurt someone, you're trying to send that message that this won't be tolerated and they fail to do so. $5,000 is, wow, is, is, is a $5 bill to him, yeah. especially him being Pocket a change. Player. I'm sorry. Um, but regardless, I don't care if he was make if he makes the, the 14, 15 million or if he makes 1 million. You shouldn't be uh, allowed to go scot-free from that. And I feel that McDavid and McKinnon both got away with a, a pretty violent act uh, in regards to their actions during those games. So, NHL, you want this stuff to stop, lay the hammer down. I'm, we can get into that all day, but we're not going to continue with that. We're going to jump into the COVID situation happening with Vancouver Canucks. The poor Vancouver Canucks. My God, they're getting hit every day. Getting like a new absolutely part, hammered. New staff, new player is getting now positive tests, and so it sucks. They haven't know. played in about a week and a bit, and, and you know, rightfully so for the NHL to step in and say, okay, you know, you have these cases, you can't, can't be playing. Um, over 20 players 
actually over 20 team members okay i believe it's 16 or 17 yep. players that have it um it's it's obviously spread across the team and regardless of who brought it in there it's 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 damaging to not only um the north division and the nhl but especially to the vancouver canucks and you hope that every player comes out strong and you know um doesn't um have some lingering effects from COVID, as we've heard in the news that it can happen so um where this can where this happened who knows i mean it's it's as good as anyone's guess the north division has been pretty good with uh maintaining a limit on their covid cases and this is the first big one yeah uh like we did at the had at the beginning of the year with say florida or with dallas and such so um we hope uh, vancouver can get over it and and want to see them back on the ice they were kind of pushing for a playoff spot but now, what's that going to do? Right now, I don't see it happening. What's that going to do for them moving forward? I mean, I think it's going to affect them in a negative way, obviously. you got to yeah. get your your feet under you again. There's teams that are still playing. So, uh, we'll when see you're what in, happens. We'll see what happens. When you're in that fifth or sixth position uh, to make to make that fourth playoffs and final playoff spot, who knows? Um, before we get into the Battle of Ontario, the trade deadline slowly approaching it's happening slowly it's happening on monday it's happening six days away yeah and before you know it it'll be the trade deadline trade center uh the trade deadline week or day or whatever i used to take that day off of school i did and work every day i have a memory of high school i was in high school a little over 15 years ago (laughs) Just a little over. Just a little <laughs> over. And w- I remember having one of those flip no- Nokia phones where you can barely get internet on it, but you still could get internet. And I was, f- I had a, I would go on the score website mm-hmm. when I had it and I would just hit refresh and just see what was happening. We didn't have our smartphones. We didn't have the apps. We didn't have our laptops there. We just had to go and, and word would get around the school. This guy's been traded. That guy's been traded. So it's an exciting time. Is it going to be the same as it has been in the past? Absolutely not. Not even close. Yeah. And a lot has a lot of that has to do with the um, not only the Canadian division having quarantining a, the borders. Yeah. It's, it's a mess. It's it's going to be hard. Having said that, we still think there's can be a bit of activity that'll happen um, in terms of the players that are available. You know, the TSN Sportsnet, they give their list of players that are that can be available based on their contract status, based on their team, whether they're doing well or not. Um, we're going to go through four or five players that we think can be moved uh, at the right price and to the right team. So, Lish, you want to start with? Who do you want to start with? I'm going to say his name again. I said it a couple of weeks ago. Taylor Hall will be moved. He was a healthy scratch tonight because we are recording on Tuesday, April the 6th. Mm-hmm. He's a healthy scratch. Yep. I mean, I GMs are going to, they're on the phone right now. Yeah, and I, I, I can't see Taylor Hall staying with Buffalo. I know he doesn't want to stay uh, with Buffalo either. Um, Taylor Hall is in a position where, um, you know, he came to Buffalo hoping for some kind of re- rejuvenation in his career playing with guys like Eichel and Skinner and 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 Olafson as well and that hasn't really that hasn't really panned out for him so well look Eric Stahl was now moved well to Eric Stahl was moved Eric Stahl was a bit of an easier deal as he's gone to but the Montreal Canadiens he, but he's still a great player yeah and, and and he is he is still a great player um he's he's Taylor Hall only has a one year in his contract um his he's a UFA at the end of the year so obviously he's a rental player for wherever he goes he's going to the Islanders calling it now Lish thinks he's going to the Islanders there's some people who think he's going to the Bruins um other people think 
maybe even Florida. I don't think Florida has enough cap space to have that happen. The well, Islanders. Now, who got injured? Barkov was injured, but he's back. Okay, so wasn't that serious? No, he was out for a bit, but he's back. But good, at, good, at the good. end of the day, it's a cap hit of $8 million, um, for Taylor Hall, so it's not cheap at all. There were rumblings of the Leafs being in on it. I don't think they should get him. If they did, it would be a dangerous first line. But at the end of the day, I agree with Lish. I think he's going to a team like the New York Islanders. Your prediction, David? My prediction for the player that I think will be moved, for sure, for sure will be moved, I can't see Cal Palmieri staying with the New Jersey Devils. He was a healthy scratch forward. too. He was also a healthy scratch moving uh, uh, in the last uh, game that the New Jersey Devils have played. Team that I see him going to, I mean, again, it, it seems like the media is all over the Leafs to get someone in there. I don't see him going to the Leafs, although, again, could be a good fit there. I don't see him going there. I can see him going to a team that has – a little more of a need for a offensive push, a little more of a need for uh, goal scoring touch. Um, the Pittsburgh Penguins have been a team that has been on the uprise, as well as the Washington Capitals have always been near the top. The Boston Bruins. The Boston Bruins as well. I the Boston, Boston Bruins are, yeah. are sitting, uh, not sitting pretty per se. Uh, in the division right now, they are on the cusp of being out of a playoff spot. So you can see Boston jumping on a guy like that. Pittsburgh just doesn't have the cap space and neither does Washington. So I, it seems like uh, Boston can swing something there to get Paul Mary. So if I had to say someone, I can see Boston jumping all over Paul Mary. And one more player uh, just to discuss quickly, or two more actually. Um, Nick Felino's name has been passed around a lot again the Leafs have been another of course they're always in the mix but at the end of the day I don't think the Leafs are gonna give anyone away um unless it's someone who can immediately help them yeah. at the right price that's not gonna cost them too much in terms of prospects they have attractive prospects so you know teams are gonna be jumping for their top prospects I don't think the Leafs are going to do that Outside of, say, trying to give Kerfoot away or at the most a Dermot away, I don't see them giving away anyone else. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Leafs are inactive uh, through this tra uh, trade deadline. The last player I want to talk about is uh, David Savard. He's the defenseman, probably the only defenseman now that Matthias Ekholm is probably out of the picture. Since, because yeah, Nashville's on been of a winning streak. So. Nashville has come on as of late. Yeah. So now um, David Savard seems to be the lone defenseman that can make a difference on a team he's a big guy a uh, bit of a defensive defenseman he's on a columbus team that obviously is struggling so um a team that i can see him going to with ekblad out maybe he goes to florida i don't know um it's, it's tough to see so this is why this trade deadline is a very difficult situation because you're not only thinking about teams needs you're also thinking about the quarantine rules and are they going to be able to play right away are they going to be able to gel with the team right away this is why this is a different trade deadline before we jump into the Battle of Ontario segment, today marks the third year anniversary of the Humboldt Broncos bus crash that 16 people lost their lives. I know my heart still sinks for those families. It's, it's hard to watch and relive what has happened. So my thoughts and Dave's thoughts and prayers are with them as well. It was a, obviously a sad moment. Uh, dark day in the hockey world, whether you're a Canadian hockey fan, American hockey fan what have you um these are kids 
They were kids. Kids that, you know, were just playing it for the love of the game. Not knowing if they would go pro or not. It just, you know, they were just, they were together. You saw that one picture of them in the dressing room. They all had their hair bleached blonde, which is that sign of unity of a team. And and it's just a sad, sad story that happened. But we remember the team um, as it is a, a symbol of our heritage here in Canada and how important hockey is to us and how it brings us together. So uh, thoughts and prayers with the family and the humble community as well. We'll jump right into the Battle of Ontario. Uh, the Leafs and the Senators both with a, finally, with a busy week. I know, it was kind of slow last week. It, the last few weeks have been a bit slow. Uh, the Leafs and Sens both kind of had their off weeks um, those past two weeks. Uh, Sens obviously had that break with Montreal having those COVID right. scares. So, um, the but- Leafs had a mini road trip and they went 4-0. They beat the Winnipeg Jets wow, two congrats. games. And they beat the Calgary Flames two games. So happy for you guys. So, I know, I am too. <laughs> um, a few things, rather than going through each and every one of those games, some of the big takeaways from, from the Leafs is, you know, they're starting to gain that momentum again from those awful losing streaks that they had when they didn't know who their goaltending their goal situation um, they didn't know what was happening with their big guns in terms of producing and scoring. Matthews was on a cold streak. He has now scored um, in the last four games. So you have a guy who's uh, starting to find a scoring touch again. You can make the argument that Tavares is now starting to roll a little bit. Uh, I read a stat that in 181, sorry, 161 games with the Leafs, he has 157 points. That's just under a point a game for the Leafs is John Tavares. So that is not uh, a terrible stat to frown upon. That is a very good stat for a player who is making the money that he's making. You would hope he would get over a point a game, but it's still a really good stat for John Tavares. Their top players starting to score, and, and what you're noticing too is that when their top players don't score, you're noticing guys stepping up when they need to. Case in point, our favorite Sen Leaf combo player, Jason Spezza, has been contributing to the offense when he needs to. He plays 10, 11 minutes a night, and he still is able to contribute. Scores goals when he needs to, still has that wicked shot, still works in the corners when he needs to, even though he's playing in a third, fourth line role. So that's someone that uh, the Leafs have been wanting in terms of a, 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 a bottom bottom six forward who can actually produce. How's Jumbo Joe doing? I don't know. He's invisible right now. <laughs> I mean... Jumbo Joe is an interesting situation. Um, I still think, and it's what I said in the beginning, I still think they brought him in as a voice in the dressing room and come playoff time. You're going to see a different player come playoff time. I think he's saving himself and his hard work for playoff time. Oh, don't give me that. But I'm not saying he's going to produce 20 points in the playoffs. I'm just saying he still plays hard. He's saving his energy. Yeah, he's old, man. He's Give me old, a break. so he's gonna. You're he's old, gonna be, then don't be on the ice. Sorry. Hey, there's teams that wanted him. There's teams that wanted him, and the Leafs got him. And obviously, he wanted to come to Toronto. He felt he had a chance to win a Stanley Cup, and that's why he's here. Only that's part because of the he had so. Patrick Marlowe's old house, but whatever. Oh, is that? Did he? Oh, yeah, he did. That's right. <laughs> that's, hey, you can't argue with that. That's a good thing. Um, another thing, um, the Leafs goaltender situation is has a bit of uh, less controversy than it had before because now that freddie is out and confirmed that he does have an injury he's healing obviously jack campbell has stepped in and he hasn't lost a game yet he is nine and oh 
as a Leafs starter this year. If he goes year. ten and zero, he's gonna break the franchise record. He's gonna break the franchise records for star- for yep. consecutive starts uh, for a Toronto Maple Leafs. He's your number tender. one goalie. He's gonna. He's also gonna break. He's gonna tie the record held by Carey Price that the the most wins to start a season in a row. Carey Price had ten, I think, in 2016-17. Jack Campbell has a chance to tie that record. So, Habs fans, you know, look out. Yeah, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> um, number one goalie, I agree, uh, right now. Um, even when Freddie comes back. But he, the playoffs, Dave, mm-hmm. are totally different than a regular mm-hmm. season. Well, so, well, I'm just going to leave it what at are you, that. What are you saying in terms of that? I still think he's a solid goalie. He's been playing exceptional hockey. Yeah, but. Playoff time, a lot more pressure. Well, we haven't seen Jack Campbell perform in the playoffs. Like so we have I'm seen Freddie see. Anderson yeah. perform in the playoffs, and you know he. And, and, and let's let's get it straight. Freddie Anderson has not played horrible in the no. playoffs, but he has had those games where he let a few soft goals in. So, personally, the confidence in Freddie is not one hundred percent there. However, he's still our number. He was still our number one goalie. But at this point, you've got to stick with the hotter goalie. You got to stick with Campbell. I'm sure Freddie will come back before the season's end. And that'll be the internal competition of figuring out who starts in the playoffs. Might be a good thing, though, for the Leafs. I think it will be because you have two guys that are competing. Yeah, they they're want both that, battling. They want the net. They want the crease. So we'll see what happens with that. Good um, little Leaf run there. Hey. You happy now? I'm so happy with the Leafs run. I was a little <laughs> bit worried, but I was never worried. Not at all. Uh, one more note is your boy. Who? Is start with... Does it end with a chuck? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, not Kachuk. Galchenyuk actually has been uh, contributing to the Leafs offensively and in terms of his work ethic on the second line with John Tavares and Willie Nylander. He did score Monday night against the Calgary Flames to get his first goal as a Leaf. Oh, it's so nice. And that was something that uh, he was, you know, you could tell he was he was he was really gunning for that for that first goal, um, and he finally got it. And um, you know what? Again, I'm gonna say it again. He's replacing VC, and he's doing ten times better than he did. So we'll see what happens moving forward. If if Dubis is still kind of trying him out to see if he needs to make a move at the deadline. Personally, I don't think so. But uh, the Leafs have a bit of a busy week coming up. They have the Canadians in a couple of games, uh, and those are pretty big games not only for the Leafs but for the Canadians as well as they're fighting for a playoff spot now without. Carry Price for a few games. Who is and Gallagher, who is week to week. And Gallagher, week to week with a broken hand or a broken uh, thumb. Um, it's something that the Montreal Canadiens need to keep an eye on. Uh, in Thank terms God they of brought their... in Eric Stahl. Yeah, well, we'll watch it... them during the trade deadline. They might bring in another piece. Who knows? You might. They might be another active team there. Uh, now, Lish has been so kindly waiting patiently because she wants to talk about her Senators. We'll jump into the Ottawa Senators team. We do have a topic we want to talk about in terms of both teams. But first, take it away, Alish. What about your Sens? Finally, we get to see a Sens game. Mm-hmm. I was pumped for this. They I bet you were. They haven't played in seven days. They were well-rested. They were working on the power play and other certain things they want to work on. Mm-hmm. And guess what the Senators do? They crush me. And they come out flat. Absolute stinker. It was... I couldn't even watch the full game. I had to shut it off. Yeah, it's it's hard to watch a game like that after you can't sitting come, out for yeah, so long. You can't come out like that. Like, mm-hmm. power play was horrendous. You know, line combinations still boggles my mind. And 
They weren't putting enough pucks on net. You gotta, you gotta put pucks on net. Especially as a team like, as, especially a team like that, where you know you're just you, you're not expected to do a lot. Again, um, you, you just gotta keep shooting, keep shooting. You never know what's gonna happen. And credit to Montreal, like they played great. They played really good hockey, and yep. you know it got you to get, the yep. Sens, and yep. they came out on top with a four-one victory on Thursday night. They did what they had. But to do. you know what the Sens know how to do, Dave. They bounce know back. how to bounce back because let me tell you, Saturday night against mm. Montreal yep. was a totally different team. They came out flying. Um, we got Brady scoring on the power yeah, play. They, we got Brady yeah. having a fight with Weber, which was great. We got the team, both kind of both teams going. Got them both going. Right? Because it it's, was. It's good to see uh, a guy like Brady Kachuk, uh, a young guy, going after a proven veteran. He's a giant, guy. he's yeah. huge. Then we have hometown boy, Mark Mathot. Oh, yeah. He mentioned something. Yeah. And then here we go with Montreal Twitter attacking him for his statement. Listen. But wait. What what did he say about the weather? He was saying it was a good fight between yeah. Brady. Like, Brady held his own. Like, yeah, he did yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. Which, again, he's a, he's a Sens guy. Yeah. He you, even you mentioned thousands of times he's a Sens fan. He 100%. likes auto centers. 100%. Montreal Twitter attacks him, saying, you know, Brady barely even got a hold of Weber. They pushed him to the neck, couldn't even throw a punch. I don't know if you were watching the same game. I'm not going to mention who they were. <laughs> but rewatch it. Why don't we rewatch the fight? Because everybody was on that Brady bandwagon. And it's, and it's, it was it's, all over spin chicklets, bar stool, TSN, yeah, Sportsnet. It goes on and on. This guy did well. Give him the credit. Yeah. He went after a guy like Weber, a big guy Listen, like Weber. Listen, if Weber destroyed Kachuk, I would have been like, yo, Weber showed yeah, him yeah, up. Like, yeah. But it's at the same time, it's it's you have to understand Ottawa's in that position where they're not um you know, they're not succeeding, they're not doing too well this year, which is fine. It was understandable. So any victories you can take with this team are positive ones because it's a sign of things to come for a team that is on the rise in the next year or two. You can say that. Yep. And Kachuk is pleading his case as a leader on this team. And, and like he will be the next captain of the Ottawa Senators. He should be the Mark next captain. Mark it down captain. on the calendar. I said it April 6th. Let's Bre go. Brent Wallace said it back in March. Yeah, he did. <laughs> on, on our podcast. And then Monday night, we faced Winnipeg. Uh, Winnipeg just outshot us. Played harder than us. Winnipeg we fell behind really early and we... We couldn't. And it was a four-three game. Yeah, and well, that's your, your first two periods were. It was they it was awful. But yeah. give credit to Ottawa. They, you know, they tried to fight back. Yeah. Winnipeg kind of took them for granted, and that's what Ottawa can do. They can really. They could turn it around, but really again, around, little yeah. too late. Yeah, that's um, that'll happen. One thing is we're gonna mention for both teams is the power play. I won't talk about that right now. Oh. But honestly. One player I, I'm feeling a little bit bad for right now is Stutzla. Listen, mm. he's 19. He's Very young. young player. He's learning he's a lot. He's going to be fine. He's in a bit of a scoring drought. He's still producing assists and making amazing plays. Like, the plays I watch him, it's like, what am I even watching? He's this a guy's is going to be elite. He's a talent. So, you know what? Don't worry too much, Stutzla. I know you're being yourself up a little bit. The scoring will happen. But that's, that's what good players do. That's what players who want to win do. You know, they get down on themselves quickly because they expect more of themselves. Right. And a guy like Stutzla, being as successful as he was, you know, he's having his first real taste of, of, the of scoring drought. yeah, and droughts. And again, the good news for him is that it's, it's expected right now. So Stutzla, don't get down on yourself. 
you're still going to be one of the hottest players in the league in the and next couple of years. That's coming from a Leaf fan. Yeah, it's coming from Leaf fan who's a big Stutzel guy. At the, at the same time, give him time to develop. Yeah. You know, he's a minus player, which is, again, understandable because the NHL is not an easy sport. No. And not there's an just one player that has been really impressing me lately, and that is Josh Norris. Like I've been saying that for the whole I year. I understand, but... Like if but you, you guys just... don't listen to me. Oh, Dave, don't so start. Non, the, the nonsense you don't listen fan, to me. You don't listen to me. That has been saying like, this guy can be a difference maker for you guys and down ta- the road. Yes, I'm not still... saying pro producer. No, he's still young. He has to learn the position of playing center a little bit more. Obviously, that time yeah. will come. But he's producing well. Love to see him even get going with Batherson. Maybe if we could put those two back hey. together with Stutzla. I don't know. That could be a dangerous line in a year or two yeah, or three so, years. So we'll see what happens. Don't but give up on Norris. Don't give up, uh, no, give up on never, Batherson and never, never give up on Stutzla. And one more thing. Yes. Good news coming out of Ottawa. We have signed Pinto and Bernard Docker to both Ooh, entry-level contracts. Some good, good coming prospects. Out, yes, coming out from the University of North Dakota. I'm so excited to see these two play. I called it. I said it. These two are coming up. Sanderson I, needs that extra year or two back in university as a and college. You're going to give them a bit longer yeah. time. It takes a while to. I put saw them those in guys got signed, and I texted you right away, yeah. and, I, and I said, "Do you think they dress this year?" Yeah, of course. And, They're in a seven day quarantine right and now. You so think they will, and I yeah. think they should because again. But here's my guys, thing, though, yeah. Dave. I don't want to see them play. Excuse my language. Excuse my French. On a shitty line. Yeah. I want to see them play with the Stutzla, the Bathersons, the Kachuk, the Norris. And and if DJ is smart, and we all know he might not be, um, he should play them with the younger guys not, that they're going to yes, be playing with for a do while. Do not put them on a line for to, with Anisimov or Lazy Dandenoff. But you know Don't. that he might do he that might do it as you know, a the learning curve. Showing them the yes. way. But at the same time... He can, better not. But, well, you can flip that and you can say... Um, let these young guys take a leadership role and show these young guys, even though they're still learning themselves. You're Ottawa. You're not. You're not. It's safe to say that you're probably not going to make the playoffs. So it's okay to use this as vicious face. Just frowns. Obviously, we're not making the playoffs. Days. Do you see the standings right now? <laughs> I'm sorry. I just it was. But yeah, no. Regardless, my point. Get that chemistry going. Get that chemistry from going now. Exactly. And Let that's those what guys DJ play has together, to do for sure, because it's it's something that. Uh, sends army needs. You need your young guys to start playing together, start failing together, make mistakes together, because then you fix those mistakes together and you become a better team for it. Now, the one thing me and Dave both agreed on this week <sighs> happens very rarely. Yes, the agreement. The agreement is both of our power plays suck right yeah, they now. Suck right now. It, it's I can't even watch the Sens power play. Like I don't even get excited. I know they're not going to score. But it's it's funny because they do the same thing. That drop pass drives me nuts. So it me, drives me up the wall. So I'm going to explain. For those who don't really know what I'm talking about, and you should know what I'm talking about, it's the play where once the power play has started and the puck is in the defensive zone, the defenseman has the puck. He carries it over the blue line. He's getting to the red line. And before he even gets to the red line to create some kind of forward momentum, he drops the puck behind him to a streaking forward. Okay, that forward picks up the puck and then tries to penetrate the zone as if to throw the other team off guard. Okay, Leaf Lich laughed when I said penetrate. So, when you get over the line, or if you get over the line, it's supposed to give you a chance 
to set up your power play because you've thrown off the defensive team from anticipating the defenseman was going to bring it in or sending a pass forward when, in fact, you put it back so it swings around to the other guy. No. Both the Sens and Leafs have this terrible habit of doing the same thing on their power play, doing this stupid drop pass where they think it's going to stop momentum. The only thing it's stopping is their own team's momentum from creating anything. So, for one, when the team drops the puck back, okay? For example, with the Leafs. Hall brings it up, or Riley. We'll say Riley brings it up. And then either Matthews or Marner, streaking behind, is the one who receives the drop pass. The idea is that when they receive the drop pass, they're going to throw the defenseman off guard and they can sneak into the zone and set up from there. What, in fact, you end up doing is, as a defensive team, you have more time to set up a stacked line from preventing that guy to come in. There will be four guys on the blue line. Or the, the red line. Yeah, they're ready. You can't go anywhere. It's, no. a, it's a wall. No. And, and what irritates me is that they're still doing this play. I'm like, if it hasn't worked the past 18 times, because mm-hmm. they went 0 for 18 one time. The Leafs had gone 0 for 28 until they scored one goal. They are 1 for 29 in their last 29 And that's 29 r- pretty plays. poor for the Leafs. That, uh, for the Leafs, and we're going to yeah. talk about the Leafs only because they have the offensive skill yeah. and they've proven to be one of the top power players. In the beginning of the season, they were killing on them. I was scared if Ottawa took a penalty against them. They were. They are still 8th in the league in power play. That just shows how well they play their power exactly. play. And some of you might be saying, oh, well, they were doing the drop pass. That's It's a predictable move. That's it, our point. Teams have now caught on, especially if you're still playing the same teams over and over exactly. again. Exactly. And Ottawa, DJ, and coaching staff, the power play specialists, what are you doing? Yeah, it makes like, no sense. It makes zero sense to me. So they got to get rid of that Get rid pass. of it. Stop that nonsense. You, it's not working. You're supposed, you want to throw off the winger, but but the few the issues that it has... You stop momentum rather than starting it because as your team is moving forward, the, the puck gets put behind and your team has to wait for yeah, the guy to come they stop over and they're at a standstill. They have one leg into the zone and one leg out. You also offside. Give, you also be. give yeah, yeah, you better chance for an offside. Like, you give the on, defense man. an opportunity. It's ridiculous. To set up. I can't do that anymore. You can stack the blue line, stack the red line, whatever have you. It 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 is more predictable and easier for your team to set up against you. Even if you penetrate the zone, so even if the player comes over the line with the puck. You still have to wait for your team to come in behind you, who has lost momentum because they have to do the drop pass, to set up in the zone. So you can't waste any time. With there that. was this one player I remember when Guy Boucher was coaching the Ottawa Senators. Mm. He still did the dump and chase. Yep. And they would set it up. And yep. you know what, Dave? They would score because yep. you have five against four. Yep. You're going to beat most majority of the time. Not saying all the time. Majority no. of the time, you're going to beat that team getting the puck because they're still going to be playing defense just in case they see a creeping forward come into the zone. And I understand. Play that game. Play the, Use that mentality. The drop pass, I'm sorry. It's not going to work. And you know what? If the Leafs continue to do that, it's not going to work in the playoffs. And that will cost them a I series. I, I, I don't want to leave it at that. I think it um, the thing with the dump and chase, I understand the other side of it where you, you, you run the risk of giving it to the other team. If you don't make it to that dump in, they can whip the puck out easily because they're just trying to ice it. I understand that. The same thing goes with the drop pass. How about if one player standing on the red or blue line just pokes it? You don't even get in the zone. That guy is gone. That guy is gone on a breakaway and he'll 
most majority of the time, will score a shorthanded goal. Exactly. And that has happened to the Senators. It happened to the Leafs Many occasions. <laughs> it happened to them. So you know what? The power plays on both teams is horrendous. Change it up. You're an NHL. You're both My NHL God. teams. It's like there's different plays that you could do. Use you're your so, imagination. You're so skilled with the puck, and yeah. yet you can't make a few passes in the neutral zone in order to set something up. Come on. Wake Enough up. This drop pass. It's annoying. I feel like I'm playing NHL. They 19. should really be Chucha of the Week, but you know what? You know what? I will say we were close to naming the power play as the Chooch of the Week, or at least the team strategy to be the Chooch of the Week, but it's better to choose an actual team or actual set of players. So, without further ado, your Chooch of the Week for episode 15 of the Battle Ontario podcast is the Philadelphia Flyers. Oh, you know what? Wow. This team was supposed to be one of the favorites. Coming out of not only their division, okay, but of the entire league. They have a lot of veteran players. They have a few young players. They were supposed to have a pretty sturdy defensive core. They were supposed to have a potential Vesna finalist in Carter Hart, or Carter Hart, I should say. <laughs> and it has completely gone off the rails in Philadelphia. They are not in a position that they anticipated to be. They have lost a bunch of games in a row. They haven't really had any COVID scares, so there's not any real excuses. Outside of Travis Konechny, who was out for two weeks near the beginning of the season, right. but he was also a healthy scratch because he wasn't playing up to his potential, and you could see, hear the frustration in my voice because I drafted him in both pools. Oh. And he's doing nothing <laughs> for me, but he's starting to come on a little bit, but... Regardless. They barely beat Buffalo, Dave. They they lost to Buffalo. And they lost to them last week. So you're here's a here's a team that is supposed to be in a position to contend in their division and they're barely making the playoffs for it. Now, there's a few people you can blame on this Philadelphia Flyers team. Okay? You could talk to you can talk to about guys like Claude Giroux, who hasn't been his normal self. Couturier. You could talk about Sean Couturier, who just seems he it's his potential. He hasn't hit his ceiling, but he's always hurt. He's yeah. always hurt. He's injury prone. He's an injury prone band aid, and it's a shame because he's a really good player. Yeah. Uh, Jacob Vorchek, who's also always been a point producer, but now he's Van Riemsdyk was heating up. Like Dave Van Riemsdyk was top five ago. in points yeah. in the first month and a half of the season. I picked him up in my fantasy, and he yep. was killing it. Now yep. he's been on a little bit of a downhill. I got a buddy who uh, was at the at the top of our uh, of our fantasy uh, pool that we have, and he had James Van Riemsdyk picked in the tenth or twelfth round. I don't remember. What a steal! And he was on well on his way to winning the pool, and then all of a sudden he fell off, among other reasons why his team fell off. But James Van Riemsdyk was a guy who was coming on strong, and all of a sudden, again, gone, nothing. Uh, Shane Gothisbear was barely playing. Um, he was put on waivers. He was put on waivers at one waivers. point. And I think one of the big things is Carter Hart having a very, very, very disappointing season. He was a keeper in my league in my one Yahoo pool where we can keep up to three players. I had drafted them last year in the 10th round. So it was a pretty good keeper for me to keep. And he has not shown anything this year to the point where he has even been benched this year. He was scratched. Exactly. Being scr- like that must suck for a goalie, especially his confidence. But if who's you supposed, need that who's break, a, who's supposed to be coming up? Like, yeah, it's something that's very, very confusing. But at the end of the day, you know, it does. You gotta, you gotta talk about the coaches because the scapegoat is always the coach. I was gonna say Alain Vignon. His season will come to an end 
Mm-hmm. If the Flyers don't make the playoffs, mm-hmm. he will be fired. I think so too. And Elaine Vigneault has always been one of those defensive first coaches anyway. And with a team like the Flyers, it doesn't seem to be working for them. He's they, a good coach though. He is he's a good okay. coach. I mean, he had that one year with Vancouver and the one year with uh, with the Rangers uh, where they did both go to the cup finals. I don't think he's won one yet. But at the same time, it's like, come on, something has to be done. Because they do have a pretty good core of players. They do. Their offense is lacking and things need to really switch up. They need to tighten up their yeah. their play. Um, so you guys are the chooch of the week. Flyers, clean your, clean your act up. Um, that's it for us here at the Battle of Ontario podcast for episode number 15. Um, there's not a lot to talk about only because we're kind of anticipating what's going to happen with the trade deadline. Uh, down the stretch now, you know, you have the Leafs pushing for that number one spot. You have the Senators uh, looking to play a bit of a spoiler for some of the teams out there. Uh, there are uh, two games left in the Battle of Ontario between the Leafs and the Sens. Spicy. So that could be a difference for the Leafs in the standings. Um, you can see how hard the Senators play teams like Winnipeg, teams like Calgary, teams like Montreal especially. So... Sense fans, just relish in the fact that you could play spoiler. We had that time too, as well as Leafs, Leafs fans, and and it's the small victories that you can take because the the sky is looking up for Ottawa uh, in the near future. Um, whereas this year, I don't know. It's we kinda, already know you're, you're this year okay that was you're gonna content with that. Yes, we'll get another top prospect in the draft, so not too concerned. Uh, we want to also mention quickly: we are now uh, on uh, the belly up sports network uh the belly up podcasting network we are now a part of uh you will be hearing from us and them as well in terms of promotion and in terms of other fun news and activities that can happen through the belly up sports network uh we thank them for bringing us on we're very excited very to, excited to be part of that to be part of that team um they have a a, a buttload of amazing podcasts on there anywhere not just hockey so if you're fans of other sports as well football soccer baseball the list goes on everything and they they have a special fantasy uh for baseball podcast that's coming out soon as well so stay stay tuned for those guys stay tuned to our instagram at battle of ontario as well as our twitter at battle of on pod and you will find the latest news and happenings in and around not only the battle of ontario podcast but as well as our new team the belly up sports network once again ladies and gentlemen we thank you for joining us and as always go leafs go sends go thank you for listening to this belly up sports podcast network product some said we go belly up so we made it our name and we're still here